0: scott kennedy welcome in welcome in
1: welcome in it is thursday morning the last show of the week the 25th there we go scott had to do the the ceremonious mailbox flip as everybody knows it's like you know lighting the olympic torch Uh, we're good to go though it's time to talk a little bit of broncos broncos for breakfast i am nick kendall on this fine thursday morning that's scott kennedy over there out there in atlanta scott how are things going how is the weather out there? Uh, what's what's going on this weekend? Memorial Day weekend. I'm sure you're booked with sports.
2: It's the last day of school, too. So okay. um, the eighth grade teachers actively promote that you don't come to school. Mm. Uh, like, man, I didn't need much encouragement. Um, and uh, I think it's because they wanted to take off because my my wife substitutes over at the middle school. So she got a call this morning. Can you come in for one of the eighth grade teachers? I'm like, yeah, they're playing hooky, too, by God. <laughs> so good times. are out of school early. Um, doesn't mean I need to sleep in because animals don't care what time you go to bed and who else gets to sleep in. So my wow. cat wakes me up at six, if on a good day, every day. Hey, paw to the face.
1: Yeah, my dog, he's at Summit. He, uh, he'd rather stay in bed, honestly. Like, he likes getting up in the morning, but I really have to coax him. And, uh, Natalie, my wife, uh, sleeps in a little bit longer than I get up. So I'm like, like real quiet, like. Come on, just oh, go! Come on, But we're good. Uh, he jumps down, and then we're, we have our little morning routine, and uh, he'll be well digested by the time we walk after the show. So
2: it's all good. He's, he's learning. My 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 big black cat. He's learning. If he touches my face, he's getting launched. So he, I'll 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 keep like one eye half open on him now, and I'll see the pause start to come, and he'll pause like right here. <laughs> <laughs> I can see him. He just pads me. Yeah. Just move the pads, but he's like, hmm. This feels wrong. <laughs> Something happens when I do this. There's definitely some
1: classical this, conditioning going on. This isn't, this isn't on. right. Something's wrong.
0: So, uh, anyway. Gotta love
1: the pets. Gotta love the pets. A little pet talk on Thursday morning. We also found a giant cat tree out on the street and cleaned it up really well. So now our cat has like this giant one in the bedroom that's got like f- five platforms on it, and it's like way up. And you can't awesome, walk yeah. by with you can't walk by without him batting the hell out of you. He's a playful boy, but uh Good morning, everybody. We got Jeremy Sean in the house saying, morning, fellas. In my book, you guys are the most unappreciated duo uh, when it comes to Broncos podcasts. Well, we feel very appreciated, especially with guys like Ethan coming in with $25. But, uh, man, we really do appreciate the kind words there, Jeremy. And if we're underappreciated and I feel appreciated, that means that we must be even better uh, than I think we are. So, or something like that. But <laughs> appreciate you, Jeremy, coming in. And Jeremy Sean comes in and says, for one, I know Mark Schlereth, stink, long-time Broncos guard, uh, underappreciates Mr. Miners. Mark Schlereth is very, he greeds toughly on the Broncos offensive line, but it's because I think he cares so much. You know, he also has kind of got insight on the ins and outs of this, the technical aspects and the skills and what it takes. And it's kind of like, sometimes we are that way too, Scott. We're almost overcritical because we're trying to, we expect more
2: from them. They're They're ours. Being a dad, watching your kid play your sport is the hardest one to do because mm-hmm. you think it should be easy. You're like, it, it's it's it becomes so second nature to you that when you see them not do things, it's like, it's frustrating. Mm-hmm. So being an offensive lineman, critiquing offensive line, he's going to be especially critical because he sees a young guy not doing the things that he just come easy to a veteran. So I, I understand that a little bit, yeah. but I bet if you were to ask him, it's on a scale you know, he might not be underappreciated. It's like, yeah, I might be a mean cuss, but I'm a mean cuss to everybody. I think it would probably be like that with most linemen. And he's like, yeah, I, he could do this, 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 and this better. But, yeah, he's our best guy. You know, th- that wouldn't surprise me a bit. So I, I understand that to a certain extent. Yeah, uh, so do I. And to talk
1: about appreciation – Ethan comes in $25, and uh, if you guys are like Ethan supporting us, that's awesome. Super chat, superstars, super stickers. Uh, but you can also come in and drop a thumbs up, subscribe to the show, see that we're a little bit low on the uh, the thumbs up out of the gate here today. So if you're joining us on Facebook or anything like that, be like Michael Ronquillo, Miguel Santa Steven, Greg Smith, Dom Harmio With a thumbs up, we'd really appreciate that, but not as much as we appreciate Ethan's $25 saying, good morning, gents in Broncos country. I would agree that the belly, Quinn Miners, great nickname, is the most underappreciated that's on offense. But what about defense? Ethan, we want to get into Quinn Miners a little bit first. This is obviously a natural pivot point uh for us as well. So I wanted to peel back the onion on, on the belly, so to speak, and then we can get to defense. So we'll circle back to this one. Um, and we'll flash your super chat again. So you're getting a twofer on screen time today, Ethan, uh, God bless you. We love you. Uh, but uh, we'll come back to that one. Zach powers, morning, morning. Good to see you. Mark Schlereth coming in over on YouTube saying, good morning achy dragon always with the quips saying, I appreciate how awful the offense is. I don't appreciate it. I'm really freaking tired of it, especially in of my, I work.
2: I mean, it's, <laughs> a lot has to go wrong to be that uh, bad. Yeah. I mean, it's like getting I, a zero perfect, a perfect zero on the SAT. It's, it's tough, man. You couldn't even fill out your name, right? Like, uh, no, that's the
1: Broncos <laughs> offense. Uh, yeah. It's been very frustrating because I mean, you guys know that I'm also an Iowa Hawkeye fan. So to watch the joke that has been the Iowa Hawkeye offense and make no mistake. It's a joke. Uh, then pivoting to Denver and Russell Wilson and the joke, I definitely have a few more gray hairs um, over the last uh, calendar year uh, than I did before. But hey, man, that's why we <laughs> these teams are fun. You can't control it, and uh, you live ride or die. Michael Ronquillo, good morning, Nick and Scott and Broncos for breakfast. Go Broncos and Buckham, Buck you too, Michael. We appreciate you coming in with the supports, with the likes, with the stars. Also, we got our guy, Miguel Santa Stephen coming in here with the support. Doesn't have any questions here, the blank comment, but we uh, we'll still flash the stars here, of course. Hope you're doing well. And, uh, again, really, really do appreciate the the stars and the support coming in. Chase Wellner over on YouTube saying, howdy, y'all. Uh, I wasn't aware of that, Jeremy, but I know he's been uh, tough on Bulls at times. Yeah, that's talking about
2: Mark Schleyer there being tough. Right. Definitely tough on Garrett Bulls. Austin Lyman. Be, just, yep. be tough on offensive linemen in general. And again, now I'd be real and should rate your offensive linemen, rate your guards in the mm-hmm. AFC. Where does he come in? Oh, he's about fifth. Okay, there you go. Mm-hmm. So it's grading on a curve, so to speak, you're going to have a much harder grader with a former offensive lineman. Yeah, Yep. without a doubt. And I'm not against it at all, also at
1: the same time. Uh, Greg Smith in the house. Good morning, Broncos for breakfast. Our guy, Dom Hermio coming in saying good morning, Nick and Scott and Broncos country. Always appreciate Dom reaching out. He was uh, sounded pretty jealous that I was going to the uh, the beach where the Goonies was shot. So I think I'll probably have to go out there and do the truffle shuffle in front of Haystack Rock or something uh, for the super chats out there. But (laughs) nobody wants that. Donald Willison, Good morning, Nick and Scott. Morning, Broncos country. Hope you're doing well, Donald. We appreciate you. If you have any questions, make sure you hit us up. Shane Hanna saying good morning, Nick and Scott and B.C. British Columbia, hello to British Columbia, no, Broncos country, of course. Give me a second, I was (laughs) like, what, BC? I I live in Seattle, I have not yet been to uh, British Columbia up here, I need to make the trek up there at some point, I hear that uh, Victoria is unbelievably beautiful, and you can take a ferry from Port Angeles, Port Angeles, little known fact, birthplace of one John Elway, his uh, dad was the high school school coach out there on the peninsula, so, kind of fun, Miguel Santa Stephen, good morning fellas. I hope you all have a great Memorial Day weekend and go Broncos. Well, go Miguel. I wanted to circle back to this. Um, and Dom says it's all love. I'm not a hater. You're right. You're not a hater at all. Um, I was just giving you a hard time, and I'm sorry I hurt your feelings about being somewhat anti Lakers. It's just I'm I'm ready for some new blood and pulling for the Denver. Most Denver fans that are also Nugget fans. So uh, definitely just giving you a hard time. Our guy Rob. Coming in, Rob Buxbaum. Rob, it's been a second. Hope you're doing well. Appreciate that. Five dollars. Saying good morning, Nick and Deacon Scott. Always the best MHH team. With the recent new cap space, thoughts on signing edge help. Uh, we got Frank Clark, Yannick Ngakwe, Melvin Ingram. I'd be excited about any of those guys. I am curious if the Broncos' new cap space was utilized in signing Cam Fleming in free agency. His deal can be worth up to four million plus a little bit of that earmarked
2: for bringing in a replacement kicker at the same time, which is going to cost you about a million. So there's 5 million. Yep. Um, there's still money to be had. I would, I, Nick likes to use this phrase, uh, break glass in case of emergency. You want to have some of that money available in case you need to make a move in the, during the season, mm-hmm. we've seen the Broncos be able to, to do that in recent years, make a move for a guy that comes in and it ends up being a contributor. Um, happened at linebacker i felt was it was it jonas griffith came in at one point or no no it was the rams guy that they traded for they 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 got a guy from the rams who came in and played he had he had some money so Mm -hmm. wouldn't surprise me a little bit if they it still might surprise me a little bit if they go out and get a five to seven million dollar player out there at any position instead of you're still supplementing your 53 adding some depth i expect debt pieces that's constantly going on guys are moving on, on and off the 53 all the time but i rob i at this point i I'd, I'd be a little surprised if we saw a player that got signed between five and seven million between now and september before history is written
1: Bobby Orr, the door!
2: it's played Tonelli, the Neister, before it's frozen in time it's fought one shift at a time before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Unless there's another move that precedes it. Uh, let's say right, that... Based on what we have yes. available right now on Broncos cap space. Yeah, without a doubt. Like, let's say Tyler Lancaster comes in,
1: and although he's only like 315 not massive nose tackle, but you know, you can save some money moving on for Mike Purcell. And then you can maybe package some of the cap space you have with that Mike Purcell savings uh, to bring in a Kenny Clark or a Yannick and Ngak- uh, yeah, Yannick and Gakway, Melvin Ingram. Also running back is still very much up there uh, for me as well. I wouldn't even be shocked or against another defensive lineman. Uh, if they really found one that they liked that was out there. So there'll, there'll be some roster turnover. I think you're on the phone with these guys in the very least. Uh, same with some, like the likes of Zeke uh, Elliott, maybe even cream hunt or any of those other running backs, just to bring in some uh, stability at those spots. But I think you kind of not blew your, (laughs) blew your wallet on uh, cam Fleming, but uh, I wasn't going to say the other one, Uh, but uh, cam Fleming probably took up a lot of that space. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) But uh, that'd be great. I'd be totally for (laughs) totally for bringing in any of those guys. Shane Hannis and I heard there was no emblems on the helmets. Thoughts? So, yeah, there's no logos yet on OTA helmets. I heard that it was just kind of a logistical thing because it's uh, you can reuse those helmets more. If you don't put the logo on them, they're a little bit better uh, versatility long term. So, uh, that's one that I think is not a big deal on that. I think the Patriots are doing that as well. It's not like Lions, a, you have to earn yeah. your logo.
2: It's not, it's not just the Broncos. The, the two teams that I have watched some OTAs of, neither one of them are using uh, helmet logos. Mm-hmm. So I don't think it's anything we can read into. It's not that you have to earn your number
1: logo kind of thing that you see in some like, you know, Friday Night Lights or something. Gatorade Gaming, good morning, Nick and Scott. What's good, Broncos Country? We're just chilling. Last show of the week, having some fun with it, stretching our legs. It's a good time. Isaiah coming in here. Isaiah Stacks saying good morning, Broncos Country. Hope you're doing well. And yeah, Chase brings up a good comment talking about Quinn Miners and Mark Schlereth uh, being critical. I wouldn't say hypercritical, but critical of him. There's a lot of Quinn Miners love and excitement and i'm here for it because he is a very fun pl- a i love the personality uh b he's a very athletic uh package player good size good length uh good movement skills but chase is 100% right here his pass blocking technique um and his pass blocking prowess is lacking now granted he had some issues around him last season dealing with an injury uh, i think right now he's best in the run game specifically when he's Targeting a second-level defender, he does a pretty good job hitting a moving target. But when you know it's kind of the drop-back pass game and he has to stay in front of a guy, sometimes he can whiff, and the uh, technique isn't super good on that. He can lunge and then lose his balance, and then Ole guy gets around him. Uh, so yes, Quint, uh, really big fan of Quinn Miners. Big year, three here for him, staying healthy. But the pass blocking still has a ways to go based on what we saw from last season.
2: Yeah. And he, he, where's he coming out of Wisconsin? Whitewater. They might have the best offensive line coach in the world for all I know, but you're not being challenged. If you've got the capability of playing in the NFL and you're playing at that level, you're not being challenged to refine your craft to that extent. So he's a little bit behind on those things, but Nick and I talk all the time and you hear me mention it. I don't worry that much about early about prospects, about technique and stuff. It's, it's, it's frame it's athleticism it's motor it's attitude it's background not technique as much this is a this is a physical game especially in the trenches and he pass blocks nick the way you just explained it it, it makes me sound like he pack he, pa- he pass blocks like a guy who wants to run block <laughs> you know mm-hmm. i want to engage i want to be paid i don't want to be patient i want to dictate and that can be a little tougher sometimes and remember he was also drafted initially to be a center um, that got moved quickly. And now he was, I think PFF had him as the sixth highest rated guard in the NFL last year. So, because my question, Nick, was going to be, I keep an eye on basically all the other four positions. One, because they rotate in and out a lot. Miners was in. It's like almost, I watch Miners were like, okay, he's competent. Now let me see where the other breaking points are that I honestly haven't paid attention to how good he actually is.
1: He was really good week one, him and cam Fleming were blasting open holes against that Seattle defense. Now, granted we found out that Seattle has a pretty, had a pretty terrible run defense, especially on the edges. So, you know, one game, that's why you always don't overreact to a one game sample size. Uh, But if yeah, the pass protection just here and there. He would get beat, and it would be out of position. The hands would not be in good spots, and uh, he would lunge and get out of balance. So it was stuff where he is competent, and you're correct that he does have the enough in terms of the God-given tools and frame and whatnot. But entering year three, you're hoping that now it's the we need to see it from you. We need to see those steps forward in the technical aspects because do you have the Ability to take what you're being taught and apply it to the field because some guys don't. I'm not saying that's the case for Quinn Miners by any means, but year three, it's big. He lost uh, a lot last season when he suffered that hamstring injury. It took him a bit to get back out there. He wasn't 100% when he did get back out there, but there are so many other issues going on that, again, I'm being super nitpicky here. He was, he was fine. Um, a good player, but how can he keep improving the pass protection areas? There's just a few reps a game where it's like that wasn't the other guy making a great play that was you having bad technique and the other guy because he's an NFL player eating it up
2: and I, I think better teamwork cohesion I mean it was so frustrating last year anytime anybody stunted um, you know just football talk here real quick a stunt is when you loop over you know it's it's kind of in soccer it's basically an overlap like you crisscross cross yep. and is it, sort of a, it's an easy way to explain a stunt the Broncos were awful <laughs> About picking up stunts, about who had what assignment, what to do when. I'm like, I'm watching the senior bowl with a bunch of guys in practices that have never played together and they're communicating and picking up stunts better than the Denver Broncos did, a lot better. Mm -hmm. So, how much of that pass blocking will be through better coordination, communication, and coaching as well? You know, because that counts, it still counts as a negative. You know, mm-hmm. I, oh, I completely whiffed on this guy because I thought I had this guy. And the guy came right through my shot. It, it, The stunts up the middle were easy money for for defenders last year.
1: Yeah, and just for those in the visual medium at home, there's your stunt. You got your your inside guys here kind of pushing out a little bit and then a loop around from the edges. So twist and stunt. Yeah, so uh, good, on- and
2: that, yeah what it says, it says first there. So the, the 57 would come in first and then you'd, you'd, you'd wrap around him. You'd shoot off of his back hip. And go up the middle from the outside. That that's a stunt. So you would see in this case, the left end would get a free shot at Cam. That's I think that's it looks like Panthers back there. Would get a free shot at Cam because the the right guard in the center or the left guard in the center, whiff. They they just they engage in a double team and give a free shot. But it was it was frustrating last year Mm -hmm. to watch how easy and how you know the definition of insanity. I'm like, guys, this this is basics you know the communication on here i engage i look for the guy coming up i disengage i put a hat on him yep. it's not that hard
1: yeah and uh, as you can see on this one how it's labeled the uh, the right end is also engaging first and he's there to draw that center uh away slide that way so you should have some space with the right guard shifting to uh take that linebacker that's blitzing and yeah this is not great
2: for the audio format but well and it, if, you could, if you could dump a screen against a stunt you're in pretty good shape yeah <laughs> yep. i mean you know, with one guy's coming it. inside one guy's shooting that gap 57 shooting the gap up the middle and if i can run a screen to the other side but you know the broncos weren't great screen you didn't have to respect the screen game because their offensive line wasn't mobile enough to go out and block for it. it there was just so much bad
1: yeah and that's coaching there i don't even remember the offensive line coach that there was a lot of issues with last season lloyd Cushionberry had issues butch berry there it was yeah butch berry and then also russell wilson was pretty darn bad at the uh, pre-snap stuff now That was post most of the twists and stuff and recognizing that and taking the assignments there is coaching and post snap, you know, being able to see what's happening and then understanding what when this happens, what it means or if this happens, what are they trying to do? Do I need to look for a late linebacker coming in here? So, again, just
2: overall experience, intelligence and coaching of that offensive line in game management. We mentioned that yesterday, right? Or. What was it? What's today? Thursday. So, Tuesday, I guess we were talking about the three phases improving. I yeah. you was know, like, the fourth phase of this and helping to eke out a couple wins is in game management. It's stuff like that. It's play mm-hmm. calling. It's like, listen, the last two second and eights, they, they've run stunts. Okay, let's dump a screen on them and see what happens. Maybe they change it up. Maybe they don't. But to have some idea how to dictate, I've said that a couple times today, and then also counter, mm-hmm. you know, so in game adjustments, you know, they say all the time it's a chess game. And it is, especially on offense. You know, it's it's hard to play offense. That's why every rule change in the last 30 years has benefited the offense. Mm-hmm. It's it's hard. It shouldn't be this hard, though. There's still basic things that the Broncos have fl- that flubbed up so bad last year that it was just, it was frustrating to watch. Certainly frustrating. And uh, one more
1: thing about twists and stunts. Um, when you do that, you're losing a lot of gap integrity on your defensive line and linebackers. That's- so you can so, get a draw play against that too. Yes. Mm-hmm. A lot of times you don't see it on first and second down. It's very much a, this is an attacking front. It's uh third and long. It's an obvious pass situation. We're going to give up a little bit of the discipline in the run lanes in order to create a little bit of chaos up front and get some pressure. So it's one that, you know, it's not just deployed constantly on first down. So if you're playing Madden at home, you're using twists and stunts on first down. You might get gashed by Derrick Henry
2: consistently. So just there was some up. talk of the Goonies in here. Yes. Um, and I was reading John Matuzak's book, Cruising with the Twos. You should check it out when I was a kid. And uh, he was talking about the first time that he got hit with a trap play against the Steelers. You know, the Steelers have always been hard-nosed. That's just mm-hmm. who they are. He says, I walked in. I was like, wow, this is really easy. Next thing he knows, he gets ear-holed by a trapping guard. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, yeah, I learned that one the hard way. Yeah, nothing like
1: getting blindsided on the line well, of scrimmage. Actually, especially teams, we get in blind sides worse, but uh, that's a different, <laughs>
2: different conversation. Know why the Goonies, he was, uh, all i want to say is Lurch Gooch. What was, what was ex character's name? I don't remember. It's, it's been a long time since I've seen it. So I don't know. Oh, there's going to be, we're going to get 25 people that type it in all at once because it's so easy to remember. And I can't remember it. It's not Lurch. Oh, that's embarrassing. We'll get it. Jesse Hilborn, going to say hello to you, Jesse. Hope you're doing well. Daniel
1: Myers coming in here. With the uh, white Denver helmet there, I couldn't tell what was going I like, on. I
2: kind of like that actually. Uh, For me, it's more cool. about the logo than the color scheme. Yeah, Give me that I big love. D. Excuse with me, the Bronco coming through it, and I like that so much better than the than the uh, than the s- sloth. Yeah, and it was sloth. It was sloth. Hey, um, you guys. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, that was that was John Matuzak, former number one overall of the Houston Texans at the time. Oilers. Uh, was the Texans.
1: It was, was the Texans. In? Wow. Yeah. Well, it's good, 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 yep. uh, good shout. Uh, good call. Dave also. Daniel Meyer said, hey, guys, love the content. Uh, how do you feel about the Lancaster signing for defensive line? Keep up the good look. Um, Yeah, the love the uh, signing just because the Broncos needed need much more depth on the defensive line. He started a good amount of games. He's a rotational guy. He might not make the roster yet, but he's another. Dice roll at the position that if he can stay healthy, maybe he can push out of Jonathan Harris, or if a Wazarike doesn't take that step forward, just somebody who is not a t- terrible, you know, un- pure undrafted free agent type that like shouldn't even be out there. So we'll see uh, what he looks like out there uh, when free uh, when a uh, preseason starts. But uh, do feel good about it just because he raises the floor of the position in training camp and preseason and heck, maybe he sticks around and if he earns a spot, that would be great. Uh, But excited about that. It's definitely not, it doesn't get me going as much as the, uh, the Fleming signing as Gatorade gaming signing says that uh, the Fleming signing was great. I was very excited about that one.
2: Yeah, we, we were on that one all the time. Bring this guy back, triple his money. He's still cheap. He played on like 1.1 last year. If he can earn four this year, good for him. He's been working on one year deals. Um, And I don't know why. Someone out there who needs, you know, competency at tackle should say, Hey, we'll, we'll give you eight guaranteed for three years. I mean, yeah, he, you he's know, such a, a good three, swing. A three year deal for 12 million with eight guaranteed.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: He, he should get a deal like that. I mean, it is his 10th year. So he's a little bit older. Okay. I guess. Okay, well, so then you're on a series of one year deals. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I didn't realize he was that old. Well, it makes sense that he's been, that he's good. He's, but he's, you, you can't hang around for 10 years in the nfl without being able to do a job yeah
1: yeah he played Unless on the uh a really
2: good contract and they can't cut you graham glasgow
1: yeah well glasgow would probably be a better interior offensive lineman than the backups the broncos have right now but not at the contract he had of course uh troy bauer come in here saying hey guys what would realistically what could we realistically still do for a free agent and center is Rollier still available is he worth considering even with the injury history him and ben jones the injury history I mean, would they even pass a physical? I don't know. It sounds like there's some concerns there for both of those guys, both in the immediacy and the long term. For me, uh, it's not my money. So, like, bring them in and run the medical team and see what they have to say. And worst case, it's somebody that you say, nah, we don't trust the medicals, we'll let him go. If but, he wants to.
2: And you have to convince them that it's worth the, uh, mm-hmm. juice is worth the squeeze as far as yeah. playing, going he, through everything. He might not want to play anymore. I mean, the, I know yeah. the way this guy lives and breathes football, but hopefully he's got some, other voices in his ear, some family members saying, "Listen, Ben, you've made a ton of money." And Chase, yeah. Chase yeah. hasn't made a ton of money, but but um, you know, money. looking at the the going to spot rack and looking at free agent centers, it's a short list of mm-hmm. guys that are available. Chase um, Rullier, Rullier, yep, okay. Rodney Hudson, thirty three. Ben Jones, thirty three. Pat Elfline, Elf Elfine, twenty eight. Justin Britt, 31, Nick Martin, 29, and Matt Skura, 30. It's a short list of guys that are out there.
1: Not a great list either, um, but uh, yeah, that's uh, we'll see. I know that there's been some talk about Ryan Kelly potentially being cut from the Colts and other guys dealt with some injuries that has a massive contract, so we'll keep an eye on it. It seems like for now they're going to go with Lloyd Cushionberry and hope for the best, and it was always going to be hard for them to turn over the offensive line completely in one season. Uh, you just have one year left of Lloyd. So it's a short, it's a stopgap situation. and Maybe it works out. If not, I mean, we already saw the Broncos made some moves. They could bring in another move or heck maybe uh, Alex uh, Forsyth ends up being a guy. I know that we're skeptical about the athletic profile, Scott, third to last pick in the draft. But if there's one position where you can get away with not being an elite athlete, it is the center position. And Keith Brugman, St. Broncos country, K- Cushionberry is your center Probably the case. I'd say that's 90% sure. There's a chance he gets beat out still, Um, but I'd say it's it's likely. I think he's your center. Yep. Yep. Uh, You got your right tackle. Now we can move on to being upset about center, and it's just for one year. So uh, (laughs) hope for the best there. Gary Palmer, 1999. Big super coming in, Gary. We didn't forget about you saying good morning, Nick and Scott. I'm glad you're talking about minors this morning. Buckham and Broncos. uh, Broncos for breakfast for life. Well, we love that. Thank you, Gary. We love you, too. Uh, Bama X and good morning, Broncos country. Good to see you. Always good to see from you. We had our guy, Donald, I think he had a question saying, so are we going to give Sean the benefit of the doubt? seems like he's addressing our doubts almost as soon as we discuss it. Well, we've been talking about center since February and that one's not been discussed yet, but for the most
2: part, um, the Broncos have been talking had- about center since February of 2022.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's one that I think will be addressed <laughs> at some point here coming up, but uh, hopefully it's a, Hopefully it's a good one uh, for the Broncos. But, yeah, I'm real excited about uh, Quinn Miners this season, and we should read what uh, Cynthia Froiland over at NFL.com had to say about that. But first, Kenneth Booker saying, good morning, fellas. What guards are available? Maybe move Quinn to center. Certainly possible. Heck, maybe your guard is Cam Fleming out of the gate. There was some talk about moving him there last season after Billy Turner was healthy and before Bowles got hurt because he was playing so well. He has the body type and the physical profile that projects well to – guard overall it's a different type of game at guard than uh tackle but he is strong enough at the point of attack and good enough anchor that you think you could project him there uh but definitely a possibility i also know that i've mentioned this a few times after the very first day of james or after the very first day of free agency or maybe it was the second day james palmer was on good morning football and he said the broncos were still after signing ben powers looking at a lot of centers and also guards after signing ben powers and you're looking at guards to me makes me say that hey we want to get the best five out there. Maybe you have Quinn miners then as part of the, the fold for the center spot as well. We'll see uh, what happens there though, but probably you the guys that you have now is probably it. You might bring in another interior offensive lineman that can provide some depth and rotation on the back end, maybe compete. Uh, but I feel pretty, pretty solidified with that starting five and a little, and actually a lot better now with that second unit that you have cam Fleming there.
2: Zach powers has a good answer here too as we yeah. uh, were at about 30, we can start talking about, did you want to read the, the, yes. the, 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 the copy from about yep. minors real quick and we can get, we can get back to the defensive side of the ball too.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So Cynthia for shout out. She's uh, been climbing up in uh, NFL.com. She's done analytics there. Now they got her on TV and she does a really good job. Don't always agree. With what, I trust what she her analytics
2: more than I do. Seth Walder. Yeah, I Seth do as, Walder as well. Walder Is like analytics only, which it's, it's like, it's like politics, you know, it's this side or this side. And he's like one of those, it's old school versus analytics. Well, the answer is somewhere in the middle. And yeah. Seth Walder is so far off on analytics that it's like, okay, I, I can't take you seriously because you you skew common sense for math sometimes. Mm-hmm. And sometimes, I don't know how else to phrase this, sometimes the math doesn't add up. You know, garbage in, garbage out is the equation. And you're taking human factors and plugging them into an equation and getting an answer that you think is a verifiable fact. Well, no, because the, what you're putting into the equation is information is subjective. Mm-hmm. So you're not getting an objective answer with subjective data. So I, either way, I'm, I'm, I like Cynthia, Cynthia and I think she does a really good job. Analytics are only as good as the people that can apply them. They're
1: not 100%. It's kind of like computers themselves. I don't know. You probably saw the movie I robot with Will Smith. Mm hmm where the, the robot saves the drowning car and saves him rather than the kid. Cause he has a higher percentage of a surviving. human would have known. That was enough. Yep. <laughs> yep. So that's, that's one of the things with the, uh, you have to apply. It's not just, you know, the, we have this all, a lot in everything where you have the data people, they spit out the data, but how is the data being interpreted
2: and applied? Right. What does you it know, mean? It's not context? like a base hit. A base hit is either a base hit or a not a made field goal is either a, it's either made or it's not, but win rate, Okay, well, that's subjective. That's That that comes down to a boxing match, uh, figure skating. I, that's a judgment. Subjective. It's subjective. So spitting yeah. out analytics in football is a little bit more difficult when it comes to subjective criteria. And you're talking about a binary
1: vari- variable, a zero or a one, uh, when it comes to win-loss. So, yeah, uh, football is difficult in that way. Uh, but I do think Cynthia does a good job. Uh, she lists Quinn Miners, at age 24 years old, right guard, as the Broncos' most underappreciated player and uh, she writes what was that he's young he is young yeah 24 i
2: forgot he came into the league that at a, it's
1: just a pup yep so still young he'll probably turn 25 this season but uh 24 years old right now says uh, there's a lot to like about the Denver defense that ranked seventh in yards allowed during an otherwise lost 2022 campaign for this piece. I wanted to seek out nuggets of good on the offense. Good luck, Cynthia Uh, ascending to full-time starter in a second season out of Wisconsin whitewater Quinn miners improved his leverage and pass protection more than any other guard in the NFL in 2022 per computer vision, increasing the amount of time he stayed even with contact that was made with a defender by 0.9 seconds on average. That's a crazy stat. So he did a great job of improving how long he was staying in contact with the guy he was blocking. So that's good news uh, for sure. Uh, it says uh, PFF also items, the sixth best uh, six best offensive guard among NFL guards this season. So an ascending player, there's still the whiffs out there from now and then, but love the overall profile, great athlete, great length and an improving player. I'd be curious to see how much improvement he can have this season with a long, steady vet who people really speak highly of in terms of the intelligence and character in Mike McGlinchey next to him. I'm guessing he's going to learn a lot and you're going to feel a lot better about just the consistency out there. at Right. Tackle McGlinchey might've been of overpay. We'll see how that works out, but just stability out
2: there on the right side, you, you got to feel really good about right guard and right tackle. Yeah. And if you get, <clears throat> if you get quality at right tackle, you don't care about the price. You know, it, it, you don't talk about, if you get value, you're happy. It doesn't matter if you overpaid a little bit, you got to overpay for a premium. That's just the way it works. Um, Again, I mentioned earlier in the show. I'm more worried about his partner to his left, um, Cushenberry, because <clears throat> the pass blocking, you know, on the stunts and the movement inside, that's a teammate. You know, that that's a partner. You get double teams with center and guard, and it was, it was ugly at times last year. It's nice if I can just turn Miners loose. You know, I don't need to help him do anything more. If he can take that next step, where I know I don't have to cover for him in pass blocking or anything or help him out, L- leave a, leave a, uh, a running back back there to help, help block, whatever, because he's an elite run blocker. I mean, he's, he's a road grader and any move that Sean Payton has made. Can you think of one move that didn't scream run block or run run offensive running game and stopping the run, running the ball and stopping the run? What's one move Kareem Jackson. <laughs> and the way he comes up and throws his body around too i mean yeah. I, I i would trust him against a run more than i would caden stearns Ooh, brandon mcmanus i was gonna say brandon <laughs> mcmanus too <laughs> that doesn't count specialists don't count yeah no that's uh that's for sure every different. move why are we signing two tight ends because you don't have a blocking tight end mm-hmm. um and and there's two of them ben powers you know you can flush down the toilet quinn uh, Dalton Reisner's run block win rate. I watched it, and that's one of the things that makes me that that the diatribe I just went on about analytics. That's one of my big pet peeves. Was that one, the the run block win rate and the pass block win win rate that shows that this offensive line for the Denver Broncos was one of the top units in the NFL. Come on, man! Watch the games. What are you watching? Garbage in, garbage out.
1: Yeah.
2: Yep. Yep. So
1: uh. Getting into it, I think Quinn Miners is a good shout-out. Is there anybody else on the offensive side of the ball that stands out for you that might be worth an underrated? I mean, the one for me is the guy they just brought back in uh, Cam Fleming. I mean, the mm-hmm. the conversation around him last year didn't make any sense to me because I was watching the tape, and it was like one of those things where it's like, I feel like I'm taking crazy pills. Was he great out there? No. Uh, he, I think he was gave up the most sacks last season on this Broncos team, had the most penalties, but I also think he took the most snaps of anybody. So like if you're looking by rates, it was good. I also think he drew some of the toughest assignments. Um, some of the single block um, charts where you saw like how often he was in one on one blocking assignments. He was pretty far uh, in that one. So they left him on an Island out of necessity last season. Cause they had issues elsewhere on the offensive line and uh, going up against, you know, Joey Bosa and Max Crosby took his lunch money a few times. That was, that was rough, but he's okay. a good play. Yeah. He's a yeah, good I mean, player. And you're going
2: to get beat by elites. You're going to get beat. Yep. So um, underrated for me. Underappreciated, no. I, I would say maybe Jerry Judy. Yeah. He's a weird one because nationally, mm-hmm. probably underappreciated, locally, maybe a little bit overappreciated. I don't know. I I think he gets a lot of hate, honestly. You know, just yeah. that he that he um he comes from the south. He doesn't talk like a Stanford guy. He's vocal on social media. He he runs a little bit hot and cold. That mm-hmm. when he's good, he's really, really good. And I don't think he I I think he might be a little underappreciated when you start talking about some of the prices that have gone for wide receivers. And you couldn't get a second round for Jerry Judy, maybe, you know, allegedly or, you know, he should be well worth a first, in my opinion.
1: Yeah, yeah, he's he's very talented. We'll see what happens this season. I do wish he played with a little bit more physical nature from time to time you talk Mm -hmm. about uh sean payton and everything's been run game oriented well jerry judy you know the contested catch rate, the pass block or the run blocking from the slot you know some of that stuff is finesse i guess is the word i'll use and that's you can be a really good finesse player there's a lot of great finesse players in the league but football in the end of the day yes you always say it's a simple game and big, physical, tough, mean, uh, tends to win out. Yeah, So we need to see a little bit more of that.
2: But Last year, I would have said Latavius Murray. Oh, yeah. Um, underappreciated. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I think he was well-appreciated by Broncos fans. One of those where, you know, you want just because coming in and being competent at your job and not throwing the football on the ground, all of mm-hmm. a sudden he was, you know, a savior. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and hello, Jasmine. Hope you're enjoying this gorgeous uh, Thursday morning in the South. Hmm. Yeah, it's uh, looks like it's going to be a good weekend here. I'm really hoping for good weather for the backpacking
1: trip. We got like this trough coming through that they can't agree if it's going to come down and hit the Washington there or not. But uh, I'm not really much of a you know thoughts and prayers guy or anything like that, but send out good vibes. Uh, we need some rain in Alberta. I'm sure that you guys in Colorado really understand the, uh, the
2: smoke that you got hit. That's all the way up in northern Alberta. Crazy smoke, real, so. real quick on this one. Um, there's discussion about the quarterback position in here and the rule change. The rule change is your your for the quarterback is you're allowed to have a 49th active man on game days, but that 49th guy has to be a quarterback. Mm-hmm. So they've added a player to the active roster on game days, but he has to be a quarterback. If you don't take three quarterbacks and you can't just take a backup, you would basically have to take three. I'm like, well, we'll just add another guy and he'll be our second emergency. No, no, no. It would have to be a third quarterback if you're going to have a 49th guy so teams will carry 49 guys on the active rosters including three quarterbacks it doesn't have anything to do with the 53 man um and it doesn't have anything to do with practice squad so you still have to roster 53 or you'd have to carry different guys on a practice squad that you flex up to that 49th spot on the active game day so there's always five inactives uh from your 53 now there would only be four one of them has to be a quarterback that's the discussion y'all are having yeah Yep, so uh, I think teams,
1: should they should just make them carry three quarterbacks and expand the roster itself, but uh, I digress. Kenneth Booker82, I have a solution to our offensive line. Slap down four grocery separator bars when you check out and Quinn Miner's problem solved. You hope you have a little bit more than that than uh, with the expenditures that you have at right tackle and left guard now. We'll see about Garrett Bowles this season. I don't know. He was not good last season. Hopefully it's better this year with better coaching. I know that he definitely had some issues with uh, Butch Berry. And then center. You hope the guys around him help it out. And just the offense is a little bit better for him, but we'll see. And talking about center says uh, Keith Brugman, if a seventh round rookie beats out your experienced third round pick, you're in trouble. Maybe, uh, or you got a steal and Alex Forsyth is heady and understands, you know, can actually make the pre-snap calls out there and the pick up those twists and stunts and delayed blitzes and best guy wins. I mean, God, I don't give a hoot where they were picked at this point. So definitely would be, it's more, it would probably be more of an indictment on Lloyd Cushionberry than it would be a good thing about Alex Forsyth. But uh, we want to see what it looks like. Something this happens all the time in the league. Why not this year where the Broncos end up getting a guy like, oh man, he didn't do the, uh, he totally messed up his uh, pre draft process where he shouldn't have done the combine, but he should have done the senior bowl. And he did the opposite. And a guy that probably should have gone fourth round and ended up going seventh round. Things like that happen uh, from time if to
2: time. Was, if he was terrible a terrible athlete. athlete, it wouldn't have mattered. Yeah you know yep. that's the point And like even if he goes and and competes and then skips out on testing you're still going to fall you are going to fall if you don't test you're going to fall mm-hmm. if you test badly you're going to fall i was just hovering over that one too when you're when you're that poor of an athlete relative to the nfl you're going to fall so maybe he gets the 5th instead of the 7th but it's it, it's still he is a he is a subpar athlete by nfl standards Can he make up for that? We'll see. If it's any position where you can
1: do it, it's probably center. But there is a point, uh, a line of uh, diminishing return or demarcation there. So we'll see. And coming back to Ethan here, the opener and the closer. Talking about the defensive side of the ball. I have three guys in my head as far as the uh, most underappreciated. And you guys uh, named two of them, but not the guy that I was going to list. So I saw comments in here. I'll leave it for Scott. We can circle back around. But when I think underappreciated, I know everybody's going to think Nick's going to say Josie Jewell. He is greatly underappreciated. You're correct. But the guy that I want to talk about here was Kawan Williams, a nickelback for the Broncos. They paid him. (laughs) You look like me on Tuesday night was two nights with Carl. Uh, But Kawan Williams, uh, he was in today's NFL. (laughs) My guy. We love Kawan. We both are big Kwon Williams guys. I can pivot off of that if you want. I'll leave you the
2: table for uh, Kawan Williams here. Uh, as Scott to uh, slow down a little bit there. I, don't another... know. I opened up a, I opened up another tab to see, uh, to check out Brock Purdy's age based on some of the conversation. Brock Purdy's 23. There's no way he's the same age as Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold's probably 25, 26. Uh, but uh, the other two guys that uh, stick out
1: to me. So Quan Williams, I mean, but you paid him almost nothing to come in and he lets you live in nickel without almost giving up anything in run defense. Uh, so, Physical player, feisty player, really good coming downhill, setting the edge from that second level. you got to love Kwan Williams. Uh, after that, it's probably Josie Jewell and DJ Jones. Uh, DJ Jones does a lot of dirty work. Uh, wish they had a little bit better help around him. He's probably the best player on that defensive line now. Randy Gregory is the most talented, but man, not the best because I can't get over the availability. So probably DJ Jones. And for that, he's somewhat underrated, especially coming from that 49ers team where he was, what, the, f- the fourth or fifth best player on that unit. Shows about the difference in the talent of the uh, that 49ers defense compared to the Broncos up front. My God. Although the 49ers are the best in football on that, besides maybe the Eagles. But uh, also Josie Jewell. People want a Travis Kelsey cover linebacker. Point him out to me in the entire league. Maybe in the last 20 years, you have Brian Urlacher and Luke Keekley out there as those guys that you could probably trust in uh, one-on-one coverage. Even like Fred Warner, who we love. Plays a lot of zone coverage. It's not like this man coverage stuff. If they come into his area, he can do it. But it's not this man coverage, flex out, guarding Travis Kelsey. That player does not exist.
2: k1 Williams was my that. pick. Why don't we find um, somebody who can stop well. Peyton Manning? Yeah. Sorry, you, you you blocked up just a little bit. Rose, um, yeah. On defense is most underappreciated. And one of the reasons why is because he was your best edge run defender. Period. He set the edge better than your 260-pound edge defenders. Uh, he would go in and he'd throw his hat in. I don't want him doing that when you're that size, it's just a matter of time before something gives, uh, whether it's a concussion or your uh, a knee or an ankle goes out from under you when you brace to take on a, a guy who outweighs you by 60 pounds, but he would throw his body in there and put it on the line. And I was surprised. I remember him signing as a free agent. I was surprised at how cheap he was. He was only like at two and a half million last year. Mm-hmm. You know, this is a $10 million defender for me, Nick. There's a massive, uh, discrepancy in my opinion in terms of
1: the impact a very good nickel slot player has versus what the teams in the market is willing to pay so that's one of the areas like would i use a first round pick on a pure slot player i don't know because i can probably get a pretty damn good one in free agency for uh very little (laughs) nick has a rantometer on his desk sorry cut him out (laughs) appreciate that uh but Yeah, Kwan Williams, physical player, great player, tenacious player, good at running, setting, good at uh, covering the flats in the quick pass game, screen game as well. There was the play last season where he went through a blocker so hard and tackled the guy that was in the backfield through that blocker that it was like a penalty. There was one play where it's like, what the hell am I even looking at here? What, did he hit the blocker too hard? I think
2: so, and then the blocker went into the guy who had the ball. uh, Do you remember Major Wright? Do you remember that name? Yes, yep. I I saw him do that with a pulling guard in high school. Oof! I mean, you know, Major Wright's the hardest hitter I've ever seen. In 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 this, in in, when I was scouting high school guys, he had a pulling guard leading for it looked like Bobby Boucher. Mm -hmm. He had a pulling guard leading for a tailback, and he he hit the pulling guard so hard coming up from safety that it it knocked the the running back down.
1: Yeah, one player I love that had that uh, was uh, Drew and James in college would take on
2: offensive linemen and would literally lift them off their cleats. You worry about that long-term for them, though, because, yeah. again, that guy might be getting hit once, but when you're delivering the hit time and time and time and time again, you're, it's just a matter of time before you get a concussion. And Aiky Dragon, always the uh, the naysayer in here, but a good shout-out saying
1: Bryce Cowan had two more interceptions at the same position last year. He did. That said, he was on a team with a far superior pass rush up front and a, I don't think far superior actually captures the level of difference between the Broncos offense and the Chargers uh, offense last season, forcing other teams to play a little bit more aggressively. Last season, teams could just turtle against – last five seasons, teams could just <laughs> turtle against the Broncos. I know that it's been a conversation – I've heard it in a conversation about uh, Pat Sertan locking up Jamar Chase. The, the Bengals didn't give a flying bleep about getting the ball to Jamar Chase because they knew that all they had to do was not turn the ball over to win that game. They could have punted on first down every play, and they would have won that game. That's how inept the Broncos offense was. So Bryce Callahan with the two more interceptions that stands out, but the opportunity I think is uh, the bigger discussion here. And also night and day difference between the run game presence mm-hmm. between Bryce Callahan, who plays like a coverage player
2: and Kawan Williams who plays like a box player, like a legitimate box player. Right. That that, that was the difference for me is the, the, what he does again, Aki, you're going to look up, well, he had more interceptions, right? And that's how defensive backs are measured. Um, but watching the games, the stuff that he does, the dirty work that he does <clears throat> is underappreciated. Uh, and it's, as, as a scout, it's stuff you absolutely love watching. Because you know, we we talk about trust. Who can you count on in the fourth quarter? I know K'Juan Williams is going to be a warrior out there. I know it. And... That's an underappreciated value for him, based on the metrics, the numbers, past defense, whatever. He's good at all that stuff. If he doesn't get the interceptions, okay. But he he's an under what he does really really well is underappreciated.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, I mean he's he's
1: just a damn good player. Uh, after that, I did want to get into uh, Josie Jewel as well, being underappreciated. What he does, he does well. And the difference between the Broncos' defense of when he's out there and when he's not is pretty clear uh, to me. He gets the guys lined up. He does a good job in his run fit. And he's actually a pretty underrated blitzer as well. Uh, My biggest – and he's PFF loves him in coverage. Now, granted, when you flex him out in space against Kyle Juszczyk, outside the numbers even, he's going to have a hard time out there. But there's not many linebackers who can do that that look pretty good. Teams – good offensive minds are doing everything they can to isolate wide receivers, good running backs, tight ends against linebackers. Mm -hmm. Why? Because the body type and athleticism in the league for that position that what you needed up front first is hard for coverage players. Uh, so again, Fred Warner after that, is there another guy that you trust out in space? I just think the expectations and what people want, um, from the linebacker position is,
2: Unrealistic is Josie Jewell great? No, but he's very much underappreciated uh, for the overall play that he has. I think both linebackers are underappreciated. You know, when you're re-signing Alex Singleton, who's got yeah. over 300 tackles in the last two years, and you're like, man. I mean, I know tackles are, you know, they're a, it's a stat padding stat. They're right. you're you're trying to funnel everything into the middle, but you still have to do a job. And Alex Singleton does his job very well, and he was paid on. Again, a million bucks last year. What do you move up to this year? Five, four? Good for him. Yeah. Good for him. One more thing about linebackers I wanted to get into, uh, just with the
1: way the defenses are trending these days, the demands on the linebackers are pretty damn tough. Now, they're not giving up the home run plays, but you have less guys in the box and less safeties coming downhill. That means that these linebackers are having to deal with more space. And, again, teams understand that we are doing everything we can to isolate linebackers in space because that is our gimme play. I mean, back in 2011, 2012, uh, the Patriots made an entire offense out of that. You're like, listen, linebackers suck in coverage. We're going to go with heavy, two tight end sets to force them out there and uh, take advantage of those guys. So it is certainly something that is tough. I think Josie Duel for what he does is underrated. And then again, the last one, DJ Jones doing the dirty work inside. I like him best as a, one technique in the pass downs, maybe more three technique in uh, base packages, first and second downs, get after the quarterback and do a lot of stuff there. Uh, Underappreciated player. I wish again, we had another alpha on the defensive line up front that could help unlock him a little bit more. I'm worried that DJ Jones is going to get a lot of attention this year because outside of that, who are you going after right now? I mean, I guess Zach Allen, I keep forgetting about Zach Allen. Maybe he's a guy that can stay healthy and be that guy. Uh, but he's also one that's had some injuries as well and just one-year sample size of being an outstanding uh, impact player. And talk about an outstanding impact player. First, Michael Ronquillo. Great show today, Nick and Scott. On Broncos for Breakfast, go Broncos and Buckham. We appreciate you, Michael. And then the closer. He knows that it must be time to get out of here, saying, great show, gents, and Broncos country. Have a great and safe Memorial Day weekend, everyone. Thoughts on Dalvin Cook after Minnesota cuts him? If he's available, then I'd be fine with it. It'd have to be a short-term contract. I'm not looking to pay him a lot because he looks like he's lost his step. Minnesota's already changed like their graphics to the backup running back Alexander Madison. So uh, they're definitely moving on from him. I'd be totally for him if he's available, but I'd be not looking to spend very much.
2: 221 receptions over six years, including 40 last year. Um, and I wonder, you know, no offense to Broncos fans, but I know I just got uh, I just went and looked up his stats and I, I go through it. Stream got to get this fixed. Would he choose the Denver Broncos? I mean, you know, there's, an there's, there's some Denver? there's some history there. You know, the Minnesota connection. I know that. But when you're Dalvin Cook, just like Zeke Elliott, are you looking to maybe I take two five instead of three five, and I go play for a, a team that's that I think is going to make a deep playoff run? I don't know the Broncos. I feel like you have a chance to play with Sean
1: Payton, and mm-hmm. you know that he's going to a utilize running back. Yeah, as a running back, mm-hmm. you know that he's going to utilize them. And he's also going to, he does a good job of committee approach, which at this point Dalvin Cook's career, I think is going to be good for him. Um, so I would be okay with uh, bringing in Dalvin Cook. Again, couldn't be too expensive. You don't have that much cap flexibility. You're already going to be in the red uh, for off season next year. So we'll see, but I'm, I would definitely,
2: I'm on the phone with him without a doubt. Right. You know, my question is, is he'll have other options and, why would I could make the argument for Sean Payton for coaches? You're, I made that argument very easily. I have a tougher time. Why a veteran who's going to have lots of options right now would choose the Denver Broncos? I have a tougher time doing that when it comes down to the money. The, the money going to be close, and it's not going to be a, a big contract. I know why Mike McGlinchey would choose the Denver Broncos. You know, I know why Ben Powers would choose the Denver Broncos. I know why Zach Allen would choose the Denver Broncos. I have a little trouble taking some of these other guys, these veteran guys that are looking on short-term deals and knowing that it's not going to be a significantly better offer of trying to say, okay, these guys would come to the Denver Broncos right now as they stand on a one-year deal. That's a little bit harder of an argument for me, Nick.
1: Yeah, how many teams are looking for a running back with the opportunity that's going to be there also? And again, this is going to be a team, everything they've done screams... Uh, they are going to uh, be a run oriented team this season. The big question is, do you think Dalvin cook um, what's the prognosis on Javante Williams? Because once he's back and if he's healthy, then it's going to go for him, but that's one that uh, it's going to be interesting to follow uh, this season. So, I I mean, again, I'd be interested in Dalvin cook if he's available, Uh, not for what he's getting paid. There's a reason nobody's traded for him. Uh, There's a reason he's going to be available at all running backs. It's a reason that you, are skeptical about drafting them first round because you know about year two
2: in that second contract. Uh Oh, they, they do not look like the same guy anymore. Uh, but-, but you ask yourself if I could get Dalvin cook on a, on a, as a first rounder four-time pro bowler was my first rounder. Well-spent. Yes. Yeah, it was, it was, but you better hit. Like you, like you like to say, you better hit. You, you can't miss there because you're giving up the financial flexibility of why you want draft picks to begin with when you draft a running back high you also better damn well be in your window Mm -hmm. because that's what's the
1: point of drafting a win now player. If you're not in a win now window. So,
2: well, that's because maybe you haven't won in a long time and you need to win now to keep your job. (laughs) Yeah. 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 So uh, thank you so much, Ethan. We appreciate
1: that coming in. Everybody killing it today. Miguel Santa, Steven, Michael Ronquillo, Uh, Ethan came in twice. Rob Bucksbaum in the house, Gary Palmer, Troy Bauer, Kenneth Booker, you guys are killing it. I'm probably
2: missing some on the Facebook uh yeah, there's Facebook, Keith, Miguel, Michael, for sure. Keith had another question that I wanted to ask you and, and okay. I'll put in my answer. He, he wanted to know your prediction on which tight end leads the team in, uh, in receiving.
1: Probably Dulcich. Mm-hmm. I don't think he will lead the team in snaps, but in terms of
2: receiving, it'll probably be Dulcich. Cause also I see him having more. Okay. So receiving, are you talking yards or receptions? Cause that's a different Either way. Either way, I, I think it'll probably be the same on the tight end because those guys average about 10 yards per reception. I see Dulcich having a little bit more vertical element to his
1: game than Adam Troutman, where Troutman could be a little bit more security blanket. But those security blanket snaps you think will go to the
2: running back this season. Yeah. So uh, I think the answer is still Dulcich uh, right. overall. My answer was Dulcich, but out of one of the wide receiver positions. Mm. So maybe lined up in the slot, as a, the slot in a two-point stance as a stand-up. So if the guys that say TE next to their name, I think it's Dulcich, but I don't think it'll be from an inline tight end. I think it'll be as a, as a standup wide receiver. I am curious to see if he gets much work as
1: H uh, back as well. I mean, if you're working on the Sean Payton offense, you better damn well be versatile. Uh, if you're not a yeah, truly 230 elite pounds is a good size H back, he's going to have to get better at running blocking there as well, but uh, <laughs> I digress. A lot of those guys uh, but we appreciate everyone good sh- good shows this week we are not going to be back again until thurs- Thursday morning uh so Sounds a little right. bit off I- I'm be not off sure for what week. Scott yeah for- off for a week I'm not sure it's what Scott's doing Scott will probably take a little bit of a vacation as well but I'm sure we'll let you guys know uh make sure you guys are following Scott and I on Twitter Scott is at Scout Kennedy mm-hmm. I'm at Nick Kendall MHH also make sure you guys are following us at BFB underscore pod and at mile high huddle. If you haven't done so yet, join us at facebook.com forward slash mile high huddle and facebook.com forward slash mile high huddle pod. After the fact, we always really do appreciate this. And I'm going to check right after this. If you guys haven't done it, um, find us on Apple podcasts, leave us a five-star rating and a review uh, means a heck of a lot. I appreciated the shout out the other day. That was really enjoy Nick. And it was a comment about Nick that didn't involve his camera or his internet connection or his uh, computer processing. So that's great. Cause some of them were, Nick needs to get a computer out of the stone age. So uh, appreciate that. feel like we're about as set up as we can be, unless I spent like crazy money on like an alienware computer and hardlined my computer, but uh, things have been pretty good here. Got a nice new camera. We're doing well. And uh, subscribe, like and share over on YouTube as the uh, ticker says here underneath. Uh, Scott, any final thoughts before we get on out of here for a uh, longest break we've had doing this show in a while. I think yeah, we had I a break. Took, there I took in a February. week off
2: in uh, in February and that's, that's it um yeah and as roderick says scott will be running the dad taxi around the usa i'm actually fairly close this weekend it's we we play at one of our closer parks on saturday so i will be joining friday night it's the first time i've been available on a friday night and in a long time and lance needed a pinch hitter so actually a relief pitcher so bring in the lefty um i'll be i'll be joining eric on friday night on dove valley deep divers so you know we're not taking too much time off obviously um but you know, I want to say thanks to everybody because it's going to be a while before I see all of this crowd again. Thanks to everybody who comes in and supports the show. It means the world to us. Uh, brightens my day without a doubt. And uh, love y'all.
1: Yeah, you guys have a great one. Have a great Memorial Day weekend. Be safe out there. Uh, just make sure you continue to choose kindness and compassion as well, as I always like to say. And, of course, go Broncos.